This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the DLR Cast, the only podcast by and for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. We are back once again. I'm Steve, joined as always by the dapper one, Darren Paltrowitz, and occasionally a dog in the background. Hello, and sorry about that. Hey, Darren, what's happening? If this is dapper, I'd hate to see what uh, business casual is. But Steve, always a, a damn pleasure. And, you know, some weeks when we tape the show, it's like, oh, what are we going to talk about? But it's like every Van Halen member found their way into the news in a minor, minor way over the last two weeks. Do you feel the same or am I? Is it just uh, my timeline? Yeah, minor news, some uh, clickbait-worthy stuff that you see on some websites that pop up that you really wouldn't pay attention to un- until you saw uh, somebody like Dave on it somehow. You know, a lot of clickbaity stuff. And, um, yeah, good, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, just a lot of little things. So, well, let's see where it all adds up to. What have you got? Okay, so let's start with Dave. Uh, did you see about the charity buzz painting auction that he was putting out into the world? I did. And I was actually very happy to see that. And I want that painting. I can't afford it, but I would, I would, if I could, I would bid on one of those paintings. I've always thought they look really cool. It's something giant and signed sitting in my living room, I think would be, it would be very cool to have. I was the high bidder to my credit for about 12 hours. Whoa. Well, yeah. All right. I did it for about 12 hours. Um, and then I think Van Halen 2 overtook me. A couple of listeners were like, wait, is that you bidding on it? And I said, yes. And they're like, your wife said that's fine. I said, she said it's fine. <laughs> but the amount wouldn't have been fine if I you know, kept uh, upping how much it was. So whoever's going to win it has themselves a treat that I think is going to be worth a lot of money in the future. Yeah, and and it's interesting because I, I had wondered, I never said, well, maybe I said it out loud, but, you know, when it comes to charities, things like that, well, we've spoken about this. I know Dave, you know, supports a lot of stuff quietly, has done some things for the city of Pasadena before. Yeah. And uh, that barely made the news cycle or a rock and roll news cycle, if you were. But this, as the best of my knowledge, it's the first time publicly he's donated something like this for a charity. And it makes perfect sense. I think I've read things in one of the Facebook groups about him donating and signing hats. He's done a lot of things. The Ashley Abernathy song that's still on Spotify. <laughs> yes, but yes. It's not like he has the David Lee Roth Charity Foundation that's gathering all the goodwill that he's put out into the world. Yeah. Now, does it say, refresh my memory here, and I'm, well, the painting is called Boom Shaka Laka Laka. <laughs> yes, that is correct. I'm wondering if that's like an NBA Jam reference. But then again, why would David Lee Roth be super familiar with the video game NBA Jam? I don't I don't think then again, he did have a song called Slam Dunk. This is true. So it's 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 48 inches by 48 inches acrylic on linen canvas. And if you're uh, still interested in bidding, the auction closes on September 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern Eastern time and supports the Adaptive Sports Foundation. And I wonder why them and how that all came about i'd love to know don't know about that i asked my insider hey is this absolutely for real and they said yep that's his backyard because there's a photo of the painting basically sitting on a chair and of note is that it's going to be signed after they've determined the winner yes go to go to van halen news desk they ran a story about it 
Van Halen, uh, VHND.com. You can see that nice picture. Four by four. By four. It's a nice size, uh, big acrylic painting there. But you you uh, accidentally hit on a news topic. You said, I know he's done things for the city of Pasadena. Aha, uh, uh -huh, yes. Van Halen is getting something named after themselves out there? Yes, a stage, right? In, uh, a, a town stage in the city of Pasadena. Yeah. Rumor is that they want to name it after Eddie and the Van Halen family said, nope, name it after Van Halen. I saw that in various uh, stories, and, and that made me feel good knowing that. Absolutely, because when you say Van Halen, that includes Michael Anthony, David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar. When you say Eddie Van Halen, that does not include anyone else. So I thought that that was a nice open gesture, because let's face it, they are and were a Pasadena band. Oh, absolutely. And any fan more who bought more than one record knew it. And they always hailed that, waved that flag. And it's where they grew up primarily. And, you know, certainly came out of, and of course, Dave still lives in Pasadena to the best of our knowledge, or at least yes. sometimes has a house there, we know. He definitely has the house there, the pet that he adopted. Do you remember the guide dog sheep herding dog era of david lee roth's life oh of course yeah i love that dog you know that's when he was doing a bunch of really cool videos that were popping up at davidleeroth.com including uh, including a couple of uh, he's a he's uh that dog um and i'm forgetting russ the dog russ was yes. a was a border collie in fact the dulcet squeaking tones you hear occasionally in the background is actually a border collie but um yeah, uh, the, in the background here. But that was around the time when he was putting a lot of content up on YouTube and on the website. And among those was a bunch of herding training videos uh, and uh, with sheep and, and then a thing where they're they're testing Russ to go around uh, uh, to, to herd uh, herd animals and days blowing a whistle. It was some really cool, like kind of inside candid supposedly sort of candid stuff i mean i yeah. remember dave had a goatee was out in some field god knows where i'm assuming in california and yeah. russ also made a few appearances in various videos including did he end up in the um tattoo video i think or the um uh she's a woman video right yeah yeah and you can hear and you can hear her bark on one track <laughs> hear him bark on one track on and i'm forgetting the song for, for a different uh, a different kind of truth. And I went way off topic there, but. <laughs> well, the <laughs> idea is that that's, you know, Pasadena local. And I think Russ was adopted from the Pasadena Humane Society. I did try and get somebody from there on our podcast, and that was just met with radio silence, which tells me that Dave maybe had them under a gag order. You know, that's been one of my things lately. I've been finding all these people who have 100% worked with Dave and like the people filing the trademarks, it's not hard to find, find out who they are. They're very public and they're very out there and uh, gag order. <laughs> it's uh, so it, I think that he might be taking the good deeds he's done to the world along with the bad deeds to the grave. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I think also there's a high degree of loyalty there because I, let's face it a lot of people had a lot of fun with dave as hard as a boss as he might have been but i always detect kind of felt this kind of loyalty i mean people love him yes yeah i'm with you there but uh so technically you can go the van halen stage being named 
in Pasadena, you could go, oh, well, there's your Alex news. Nope, Alex made the news by being spotted by Josh Fries. Did you see that one? I did. I sure did. Yeah, Josh Fries. I don't expect that everyone listening to this podcast knows who Josh Fries is. I would say our podcast probably has an 85% Josh Fries recognition factor. Well, but, but he, here's the thing. They have, might not know who he is, but they have mo- more than likely heard him play because he has played on so much stuff. He's 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 getting a resume that's in 20 years time will be as long as Steve Lukather's as far as guest appearances and stuff. Yeah, there was one period in the late 2000s, early 2010s, where he was simultaneously in The Replacements, Devo, Sting, Nine Inch Nails, and maybe Weezer at the same time. He was the drummer in all these bands. And <laughs> if you appeal to all those artists, clearly you are good at what you do. You know, Axl Rose, also a big Josh Freeze fan, and he had a co-write on the title track, Chinese Democracy, and I think he didn't even know it until the album came out. That's right. I've read, I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, but uh, Josh Freese, uh, the man of P.F. Chang's, that, that seems to be, if you're going to do top his top three in life, besides his wife and kids, I think for Josh Freese, it'd be Van Halen, P.F. Chang's, and uh, Disneyland, maybe, because he played there as a kid. I don't know. But, yeah, he spotted Alex in an airport. Was it LAX? I don't recall, but that would make sense, right? Yeah, he spotted him there. Um, And then was he in the photo with Dave Grohl and Wolfgang that came out a couple days later, the rehearsals related to the Foo Fighters' Taylor Hawkins tribute show? Yes, it it did look like Josh. But... I don't know if this is out of order because the day before Josh Free said in the social media post, the day before he saw Alex Van Halen, he had run into Wolfgang and talked his ear off about Alex. So did he see uh, Wolfgang twice or is it that Dave Grohl and Wolfgang waited to post that photo? I would think maybe the latter, but we're going way in the weeds there. (laughs) Well, okay. So then that leads to Wolfgang. He made the news a few times. What oh, do, you, yes. do you remember any of this? Uh, it's tough to keep up with. Um, yeah, oh God, there was something social media related. Well, go go ahead, because I was, I've was i got something else that I was reminded of, but it, it hit it. He blistered Eddie Trunk in a social media post. Yes. Eddie Trunk said something that we've said in this post that friends of mine who were not on this podcast have said, which is, the Foo Fighters didn't take very long to get a great public tribute going for Taylor Hawkins. No other band is as dysfunctional and in, unable to just get a great rightful tribute in some form out like Van Halen. And Eddie Trunk made some kind of references. And I think, unfortunately, he tagged Van Halen and Wolfgang in it. And Wolfgang basically said, like, it's not... It's not my job for you to mourn my dead father. It was something along those lines. Did yeah, it's, yeah, I've and it's all coming back to me now. And I also looked it up here, and yeah, and I remember I was surprised. Well, first off, I was surprised to see that because I, I, Wolfgang has been on. Was he on Eddie Trunk show once before? Maybe I, I remember he was on Howard Stern. He did a lot of press for the yeah. for his debut album. But uh, so Trunk wrote. All the Taylor Hawkins tribute stuff looks amazing, well deserved. But every Van Halen at Van Halen has to be trying. I guess Van Halen uh, 
has to be trying to figure out how two massive events in two countries come together in months for Taylor and almost two years after Eddie Van Halen passed nothing. And to which Wolfgang replied, it's not my job to help you people deal with my dad dying. If I can even begin to try and collect myself during all the immature harassment from these type of passive aggressive arguments and insults for the past two years, then you could figure it out too. I'm just so done. And to that, I say, thank you, Wolfgang, because here, first off, you know, that's completely apples and oranges, okay? Taylor, a Taylor Hawkins tribute and all that. And bravo for them for getting it done. And there's a number of reasons that we've discussed ad nauseum here why possibly the Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen tribute won't, you know, I, let's, the, everybody who's listening to this knows all the rumors. In fact, Eddie yeah. said that he heard there was one person who was holding it up, who, which I don't buy. Uh, but, you know, at this point, I, I, I get what where Wolfgang's at. I'm just so done. If it happened, I I don't think we're ever going to see a tribute concert, at least one that's officially sanctioned, and uh, or at least anything to a large scale. And so be it. I mean, that's that's what more can you say about it? It either happens or it doesn't, and everybody else can figure it out too. <laughs> I'm going to actually take the exact opposite viewpoint. Say one of the first times I've ever agreed outwardly with Eddie Trunk on this one, because Wolfgang's publicist is a great guy who handles a lot of bands that we've mentioned on this show before. And I think Wolfgang's publicist, who I won't name, needs to go, dude, what are you doing? Please, you are tarnishing yourself. You're alienating yourself from a large part of your fan base. There's a way to be diplomatic about this. A way to be diplomatic in 2022 would go, hey, stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. And then ghosting them L.A. style. That doesn't hurt anyone's feelings immediately. But the way this this poem came out, it doesn't go away from the Wolfie's a spoiled brat. And we know he, he lost the closest person in his life or one of the closest people. I get it. But he's just handling this whole thing wrong and the fact that he's the only person who's super vocal in public about the whole thing that's not the face to be about this whole thing he he should say hey talk to my uncle al it's his band well let's give him the band for the doubt he's he's getting he's always been getting a lot of pressure on this stuff anyway and he can be and maybe on that day he was in a shitty mood and was quick to the 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 twitter trigger figure i'm not sure i know when he's taken down morons on instagram for making yeah. just really stupid comments for the i mean every the clapback everybody is is just like bravo man you know at least what i see on instagram i don't know what the comments were like on this post i guess the thing that i more or less had i just think with i i get where trunk is coming from that you're you're looking at a big rock tribute concert. Mm -hmm. I just I and why couldn't they get it done? I, again, I just think it's you know in two years or whatever, as opposed to two months, a couple months, right? Not two months, a few months. Um, and I I understand why you would ask that question. I just don't know if it makes sense. I would be fine with it not happening if they were very upfront and told us, hey, lots going on. Stay tuned. But, the well, fact but if you say stay tuned, that mean that implies that there may be something co coming, at least at this point, they have outside of the accidental stuff like what leaked with Jason Newstead yeah. and uh, that started that whole thing rolling. Right. I mean, there's nothing to stay tuned for. There's not right now. There's uh, there's 
if you say stay tuned, that implies something's going to happen, and there's nothing. Nothing is going to happen. Well, there is arguably a lot to stay tuned for. Like the guy right after Eddie passed. Do you remember in? Was it late 2020 when Sunset Sound in L.A., they were doing some video podcasting that wound up on YouTube and they were going through the outtakes and showing stuff from the 2004 box set that didn't happen? You remember that? Yes. Okay. Word is that guy, Brian, is not allowed to comment anymore. Warner put a gag on him for that. Right. Well. And, And where's the box set? Either where's the box set or what can you tell us about it? Because. When you don't make a statement like there's there's good PR, good PR and there's bad PR, and sometimes good PR is not saying anything. And other times good PR is waiting for the right time. And the track record or the track history of Van Halen, it's not a we're waiting for the right time. It's just a and now (laughs) like that's always been the M.O. rather than. Stay tuned six months from now. Right. Not, so we uh, should all so we should all be used to that. So don't say anything. We're, we're all yeah. we might not enjoy it, might not always agree with it. It for the most part, I mean, I guess you could say it's it's worked. And if there's nothing to say, there's nothing to talk about. So don't say anything. Okay. Well, uh Sammy Hagar made the news a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so from Steve, from if you have so, well let's go if you have something to say doesn't mean you should always say something. <laughs> well, well, Steve, last night I had a dream and and Eddie Van Halen was there in my dream and he played me this great riff. So on my new album, uh, I'm I'm giving him a co-write. What do you think? <laughs> All right. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was Sammy. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Sammy who had the dream. This yeah. Day. Okay. Uh, yeah steve i don't like i don't like dead air but that's all i got for this one i mean can somebody's got a chart can somebody chart out there how many days there's got to be some sort of thing where anywhere between 13 and 17 days uh if if sammy's not on the news cycle something comes up or maybe it's 23 days i'm not sure but it's something where he, he always it does it does it smack up to you as a a, 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 a publicity stunt as a quasi insider, I can say yes, because uh, yesterday, surprise, surprise, somebody from Sammy's team reached out and said, would you like to interview Sammy about his new Sammy's Beach Bar cocktails? And as usual, <laughs> I write back and I say, yes, I would. <laughs> How many publicists does he have? Because they keep going to you and then they turn, then you, they turn you down. Exactly. If we go down the list. <laughs> He has a has like a general music person. That's one. He that general music person, I guess, overlaps with some of the other teams. And when I say the other teams, there's the Cabo Wabo restaurant team, so that's two. There's the Santo team, which is three. There's the Sammy's Beach Bar Cocktails, which is the same PR team, but it's different people on that team. So that's four. Uh, I access TV had a show for like four or five years. So that was another angle that you could get to Sammy. Then I don't remember if he had a Gibson guitar or Fender guitar, but I get those press releases too. Anytime somebody has a custom model or a custom line or something like that, 
you hear from them on that. Then I think that there was a foundation or a charity one. Then I think that, oh, I'm, I'm liking I think there was another I one. Point. I think there was another one too. But there's certain people like Chris Jericho, the wrestler, is another one like that too, where it's like you can get him from the wrestling company, you can get him from the band Fozzie stuff. You can get him from the new movie he's in, the new TV show he's in. You can get him from the podcasting company, et cetera. Sammy's exactly that. So the last three, four times have been through booze companies that they say, hey, you want to talk to him? Of course. Silence. <laughs> so uh, the one yesterday, they asked for an outline. I gave him an outline. I did not say the DLR cast, but I gave them hey, he, I spoke to Michael Anthony and here's all the places that ran. Uh, here's all, you know, here's the goodness you're going to get, but we'll see. I think I do have, I haven't opened packages in a week or so. I think I do have some Sammy's Beach Bar cans here. So if we run low on content in another episode, then uh, I guess we'll do a review. <laughs> a taste test. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about all this? I mean, I'm not denying... Clearly, I would say something happened, but it just, it did, I, I think, was it met with a collective eye roll? Do you know what I mean? I think that if you were on Sammy's payroll, you wouldn't want to lose that job. So you would go, oh, that's great, Sammy. That, oh, that's fantastic. People are going to love it. <laughs> that's, it. That's what I think you get. The, he, so... This broke, I think, on Ultimate Classic Rock in an interview, and it starts out where he said, or, or the story does, I shouldn't be hyping it now, Hagar said. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows this, yeah. but Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, Vic Johnson, and then he goes about two months ago, I had this dream and Eddie came two months ago. We're in a room like this with a bunch of people around. It was just like he'd been gone. It was not like he was passed, but he had just been out of my life and we hadn't seen each other for a while. He's going, man, let's write some music. I said, yeah, fuck it, man. Here, let's go. We went over into a corner in this room. He had a guitar and he played me this thing. It was like this lick, just like the last lick that Eddie showed me when I went back for the reunion tour and, and when he was a mess. I I said, Eddie, show me your newest shit. Because every time I'd be around him, I'd say, show me your newest shit. He'd say, oh, check this out. Uh, so Sammy did this harmonic thing in his dream. And he slid it up to a chord like a slide guitar. We wrote a song with that lick. I remembered it. I got up in the morning and I wrote the song. It's called Thank You. And um, it gave him goosebumps and... Uh, now that now that's going to be an Eddie influenced song, he said to the point that I'm going to co-write it with him. I'm going to give him credit, and then maybe we'll donate the money to charity, whatever. <sighs> okay, well that I dig. Yeah, I don't. And then he even says, "You see, I feel so embarrassed about it because everyone's going to say, oh, look at Sammy try to capitalize on Eddie.' No, I'm not. You don't understand. This was a real fucking dream, and I told you exactly what happened in it. <sighs> well, I'm not denying it. Ha I won't deny the guy's enthusiasm over something like this. I would be too, but it just given how it, it he's right. It people will say it looks like uh, it looks like you're trying to capitalize on it. it. I don't even know if I'm exactly saying that. I like to give people a huge benefit of the doubt, but Sammy's a great huckster and a marketer, and that's what this thing kind of yeah seems like. It's. 
he really should have somebody on his team, like the honest person that he runs the ideas by. And he goes, I'm going to do it anyway. But let me tell you, <laughs> that would benefit him on so many levels. Because I, I look at Sammy as, I don't want to say wasted potential, because he's one of the greatest overachievers in life. The success that he's had in music and business is unprecedented, and you can't touch it. But Jimmy Buffett, because you could argue Sammy Hagar is basically the Jimmy Buffett of hard rock. Oh, I've been saying that for years, and I, that's a compliment. It's a compliment. And, and everybody else is trying to be like him when you think of it. He said, as far as hard rock's concerned, he really was the first one to be to market himself and products with with products, I should say. Yeah. And as a, as a brand and market separately from the music. And everybody else has fallen in that wake. I mean, Vince Neal's got wine. Anthony's got a barbecue sauce. Yeah. And But I'm not saying they're copying. I'm saying there's a template, right, on how to do this. Yeah. Dave Menachetti of YNT's got some award-winning wines. Um, and, beer and wine. I could name all. Yeah. And you've gotten the press releases for all of them. <laughs> I, You know, I yesterday I got a press release for Black Crow's beer and <laughs> a Lemmy for Motorhead whiskey that I don't know if this is embargoed and I just screwed up the whole campaign because I'm not allowed to say it. If it is. Uh, well, by the time it comes out, maybe it'll be past. The, <laughs> the, by the time this comes out, maybe it'll be past the embargo. But, you know, we're seeing more and more products like Rick from Cheap Trick, who doesn't drink anymore, has a He's vodka. Rotkin vodka. Yes. How could I forget that? Me being the big Cheap Trick fan that I am. There's just everyone has these. And. I look at Jimmy Buffett and I go, who doesn't like Jimmy Buffett, the human being who has bad stories about Jimmy Buffett? Where are all the lawsuits around Jimmy Buffett? Where are all the people yelling the names of the people he used to play with and complaining about it? There, none of that, none right. of that. He, he was named in that like Enron or Tyco when we had <laughs> those, like all the corporations going bankrupt that were, basically Ponzi schemes uh, that Jimmy Buffett like played in a toga at a private party for a million bucks in Greece that didn't even scathe him. So none of that goes to Jimmy Buffett. And then you look at Sammy Hagar and he's forever dogged by things he said in the book. By, that, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. by ways that he interacted with the Van Halen brothers through the press from 1996 onwards you look at the forever, the beef with David Lee Roth, which depending on his mood, he says he likes Dave. He has no problem with Dave or he's better than Dave. And what Dave didn't do, former bandmates of Sammy's who were not the happiest with him. Like he's got this long trail of people, yet the public faces that I'm smiley, good time Sam. So that's what I mean by the waste of potential. Like he would have none of this if he just had a, a public relations person that was just doing their job and not asking if I wanted to speak with him and then ghosting me every three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the thing is, I mean, I'm a, I met Sammy once many, many years ago on, uh, what was it? The album with Masta Keel on it. And he was great to work with just super upfront, great guy. And I admire the guy as a musician, certainly admire him as, but admire him more as a marketer. And, uh, but I think we can sum this up all of this in two words 
that is the first quote from a comment. There's the first comment from somebody on the on blabbermouth.net picking this up. And that is somebody said two words, enough already. <laughs> well, uh, on a brighter note, did you see see Niels Lozauer has a new book coming out? Yes. And the first thing I thought, well, the first thing I thought of is one, I got to get this. And two, I thought, God, this has been in the works for a while. I mean, pre-order start on books about the the metadata. Everything gets out there, not to get too into the mechanics of it. Everything gets out there about eight or nine months before. So eight or nine months before for most publishing houses, you'll see it up on Amazon. You can pre-order it and everywhere else. That's your favorite online book retailer. But, right. I, but I think, I mean, haven't we been hearing about this book for a really long time now? And that's not denigrating anything. It's just that's what came to mind. It's like I remember reading about this a long time ago. At least I thought I did. Ditto. And then the Steve Rosen book, that's been announced like a year ago. And I don't think that's out yet. Do you know about that one? I've heard different things about that. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that several, several episodes ago. I can't remember. Um, but getting back to the. So, yeah, that one I remember has been in the in the coming soon or sometime stage for a while. But this book from uh, it's called Ed Buys Lowe's due in September. Yeah. And um, it is it is huge. It's 384 full color pages, includes many photos that haven't appeared in Neil's previous Van Halen books, of which I have one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, many pictures are taken during the David Lee Roth there, but there are also some photos from the periods when the band was fronted by Sammy Hagar and Gary Sharon. And he's an amazing photographer. The guy shot everybody. Uh, you can get it. You can order it at, I'm assuming, everywhere. But um I've seen it. There's a store called VanHalenStore.com. Yeah, of course, where you can get it there. And man, it just looks like I'm getting it. How could you not? Uh, isn't it 150 bucks? Uh, I have not looked yet, but <laughs> don't <laughs> don't don't, but. don't harsh my yum, man. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's got a, a super cool cover of a pretty iconic shot of a young Eddie with the striped blazer and yellow shirt where, I mean, I'm, you know, there's a reason why women flipped over Eddie, too, as much as Dave. He was a good looking dude. Sure, sure. Well, uh, is that the end of like, oh, no, no, no. We, we got a few viewer or listener write-ins, but were there any other news blips? Did you say you saw something about Steve Perry related to Dave? Yeah, so this is what I do, right? I go th I've, uh, many times during the week, and certainly before we talk, even though it doesn't necessarily seem like I prepare, some, most of the time <laughs> I do. Um, I just do a quick search of David Lee Roth News. And one of the things that came up one week ago is from a website called Rock Celebrities. And I think this is just one of these weird aggregator sites, right? Uh, but this came up a week ago. And it says Steve Perry's concerns about David Lee Roth and Van Halen. And uh, and so it's a lot of pablum here. Uh, as it turns out, Eddie also contacted Journey Steve Perry, but the artist had concerns about David Lee Roth. OK, so, yeah, this was somebody who apparently may have got may have gotten a call from Eddie about joining um, joining Van Halen. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Daryl Hall said he got a call from from yeah. uh, uh, from from Eddie. And it turns out Eddie also contacted Journey Steve Perry. This might be old news for most folks, but I don't remember hearing about this. So, um, and uh, Perry revealed that he and Eddie Van Halen had late night talks on the phone. He, he, see, this is how these sites work. This was from a 2020 interview with Rolling Stone. Perry revealed that he and Eddie Van Halen had late night talks on the phone. In one of these calls, Eddie told him he should come sometime and jam with them. 
Perry felt so honored about this opportunity. He was eager to do that. He had some doubts, however. Uh, he had concerns about going on the stage with Van Halen, representing the Roth there with his voice. He wasn't sure he wanted to be the next Roth, but Hagar came and filled in for Diamond Day perfectly, it said. Perry then elaborated on his remarks, saying Roth had a different singing style. He believed this didn't suit him. And uh, and then here's a quote, it's same from that same Rolling Stone article I don't, from Steve. I don't think anyone knows this, but when David Lee Roth left Van Halen, I was living in the Bay Area and not sure what I, what I was or wasn't going to do anymore. I don't remember how it went down, but I called Eddie or, or Eddie called me. Hmm. We both had what you call late night behaviors on the phone in those days. All I know is we both ended up on the phone the night having some fun talking trash. Eddie says I should come down sometime. We should jam and play. And he said he felt so honored. He then continued. Uh, my only problem with it was the thought, um, you know, and I guess he did think about this was before Sammy Hagar. And he thought the only problem with it was the thought, I don't know that I could be the guy to go out and represent the David Lee Roth years of my voice. I don't know if I want to be that guy. And shortly after they got Sam and he was the perfect version of that guy. So the clickbait, the, the, the clickbait worked. I clicked on it, read yeah. it to you. And it just, so what else is new? Who else, who else has Eddie called on a late night phone call to, uh, you know, Patty Smith, um uh, sass jordan right didn't she actually come go to, go to rehearsal i remember when eddie died she had an amazing story about being van halen brothers in the studio on instagram i'm sure you can scroll back and find it from that time yeah. frame uh daryl hall apparently St steve perry well uh, sass jordan was the 1995 era along with mitch malloy right but if you're talking about the 85 era the rumors were pete townsend might have been part of it and then eddie was like well no i want a bunch of different singers all-star style you know what i'll tell you it's a shame it's uh, this is a, a much different topic altogether but in somewhere else maybe for the evh cast or some i'm sure van <laughs> halen websites what van van halen uh, podcasts and blogs have speculate i know i've thought about it a lot but it's a shame Eddie never did a solo record, even though he was always kind of loath to, I think he was all about a band, but I love the idea of him writing songs or playing with a bunch of different singers, like an all-star sort of thing. Right. And yeah. maybe it was different bass players and different drummers, although I couldn't see him ever playing anything without Alex, but I mean, who knows what could have, what could have been if he took a route i'm not saying like a satriani but did some just pure instrumental stuff and did some cool stuff with some really maybe left field vocalists and who i mean i can easily i can hear in my in my warped brain him doing something with say like an elton john right or i mean you know i, I would love to hear would have loved to have heard patty smith do something with eddie van halen I wouldn't be surprised if there are leftovers along those lines, because a lot of my YouTube uh, playlists and recommendations are live shows that you ne you don't really remember that Eddie Van, Van Halen popped up at, like that weird Simon and Garfunkel thing from, I think, 93, or the Les Paul tribute, I think, from maybe 88 or 89 when he's playing with the Stray Cats. Right, right. Yeah. A friend of mine who's not a diehard Van Halen fan, but came to one of the Vegas Roth shows with me in early 2020, he said that Eddie played at this little Malibu restaurant that his dad was a bartender at, yeah, just for fun. So I think that stuff does exist. It's just a question of, does it ever come out? You know, it's interesting too. And, and I found when I've seen some of those guest appearance things, and there were not a lot of them, 
I don't think, as far as we know. But what we do know, his tone and his playing style was more than I think anybody else who had guessed on anything else. I don't want to say didn't fit what he was doing, but you knew instantly yeah. who it was, right? Yeah. No matter what guitar he was playing, I mean, the the what was it? Was it the Letterman thing, right? Was he on yeah. Letterman? I mean, and I'm not even saying it didn't fit because his virtuosity could fit into anything. But you know what I'm saying? It was just you knew instantly who it was. And it was I sometimes I, I often wonder, too, while it would be cool to hear it would it could have made for some odd pairings. There was that one that you just pointed out, Letterman. I think that was 85 when he did Panama with the band. There was the Saturday Night Live. I think it's called Stompin' 8H with where he sat in with G. Smith. Yes, and, yep. And had the random appearance in a skit called Dinner with the Van Halen. Yes. Which I don't know how well that aged. But the key is he was always playing music. Was it new music? Well, that's a different story. But... There is also the story where he wanted to come out on stage with Nirvana in 93. And he said something kind of insulting about Pat Smear and Kurt Cobain said no to him. But he wanted to be on stage with Nirvana. Huh. Well, so, you know, as you said before, um, there's nothing new in a house. But but I'll say stay tuned on on all that and. You mind if I run through a few things that people wrote in about to the show? Yeah, because I did see some Twitter notifications, so uh, let's hit it. Okay, so somebody sent me the, this clip. that I think it was Danny Young. He was the drummer in Glucifer, great guy from Norway. He sent me this super cut YouTube video where it had all... It was basically a chronological thing of the history of Dave. And it was an Aerosmith interview from the 80s with MTV. And they were asking about the movie Crazy from the Heat. And Steven Tyler saying, well, yeah, Dave asked us to write some music for the movie. And we said, anything for you, boss. And you go, wait, wait, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to piece this whole thing together. So Crazy from the Heat was being done in 85, supposed to come out in 86. Aerosmith's stock was pretty low in 85, right? Oh, yeah. That was before Done With Mirrors. Done With Mirrors was 86. I mean, uh, I think they, I think they, the reunion tour where they toured on no album was in 85. I, and then Run DMC. And Done With, and Done With Mirrors was produced by Ted Templeman, let's not forget. The Aerosmith comeback, the reunion album. That's what I'm thinking that the tie in that could make this feasible happen is because I saw another thing. It was a press release that had, I'm sorry, a press conference that had David Lee Roth, Steven Tyler, and a third legend. And it was some rock festival. They were all playing in 2012. And they were basically all saying, yeah, our paths never really crossed. We know the same people, but we never really crossed. So it's like, did they know each other? Wait, are you talking about the press conference when they went over to Australia? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's it's the, did they know each other? <laughs> or did they not? Or is just Ted Templeman acting as a, you know, a between guy going, yeah, I think Dave might need some stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. Did, they, then, did, did Van Halen ever open up for Aerosmith? I mean, Aerosmith was bigger four or five years before when did Get Your Wings come out in the first Aerosmith album, 75? I thought it was 76, 75. 
and they were still big until like 79 or so. And then Van Halen was really taken off in 78, and their first tour was Journey and Montrose. And then I think the next tour they did after that that was substantial was Black Sabbath, opening for Sabbath. I think you're right. Yeah, so I would just figure they were in the same circles in terms of being partying dudes who spent time in L.A. and New York or on right on. Tours. But I guess it's technically possible that he could have said, yeah, write something for my soundtrack. But then somebody else told me that the soundtrack for that movie, Crazy from the Heat, was basically Eat Him and Smile. Eat Him and Smile was supposed to be that. And the movie didn't happen. They went, OK, well, guess it's an album. Yeah, I'm sticking to that story with Eat Him and Smile. That's the one that's so prevalent. Stephen Tower would never tell a lie, though, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, <laughs> hazy memories beget hazy facts. I'm with you there. And, so, and considering what those guys were doing in the 80s, I mean, it's understandable. There. Well, same era, one of our listeners was asking about the Deep Throat Dave thing, which the person, the anonymous source, who still has not been outed, who I still think is a certain person, but they discussed how Dave had been singing on the songs that became 5150, or at least a lot of them. Now, right. that timeline thing that I was sent also included a video where Dave was, because Dave wasn't cutting down Van Halen long term. He kind of seemed to have stopped like 87, 88, stopped like all the time bringing them up. It's just people would bring them up to him. And then yeah, he, and, he, and he had a fire back because the Van Halen brothers were always saying stuff. So it, real, it was a back and forth pissing match in the press for a good two years there, at least. But Dave, with, with periodic with periodic uh, uh, flame ups, flare ups, you know, right before ninety six. Agreed, agreed. He wasn't instigating the whole thing, but this was. It looked to be eighty five, eighty six by the looks of the hairstyle and the fact that he was talking to somebody without little people and strippers standing next to him. Because you know that's like eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. That the little people and the strippers were around, right. The entourage, I think, kind of went away and for a little late enough. But they asked Dave about him, about Van Halen's material. And he basically says, there is no new material. Ed hasn't written anything in a while. Songs from, from this new album of theirs, they were written for, um, what's that that movie that, that Eddie did the score for that was like the Fast Times? The, the Wild Life. Yeah, Dave. Starring, like, Chris yeah. Penn, starring Chris Penn, I remember. I remember watching that movie. <laughs> Yeah, so Dave's like, yeah, these songs were written for the wildlife. Ed hasn't written anything. So does that mean, well, do you believe that, I guess I should first say? I mean, given how much, not necessarily, because given how much Eddie was at least noodling, noodling around, which you might say is, and taping stuff apparently, which might, you could call, ended up writing something i mean bits and pieces and fragments and we do know something from that era ended up on what was it from the wildlife soundtrack ended up on a different kind of truth yeah. i mean yeah i think kind of sort of so all this goes back to like the long 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 term crazy theory that kind of makes sense when you go that original Zeros demo tape and the Gene Simmons demos and the glitter demos some of those songs wound up on 1984 uh, did 
Ed and the band just stopped writing new music after 1980. Oh, well, I, I think what happened is like you see with a lot of bands, with you see so many bands, they're woodshedding and doing so much for the years up until that first album comes out. They've got 75 songs all stacked away. And what happens? They need 10 for an album. And then you just maybe mine that for a long time. I mean, a lot of bands did that. Doesn't mean they're not necessarily writing, but they go you know, maybe the writing slows down a bit because they're torn all the time. They've got other commitments all the time. So, I mean, so much of that stuff ended up on later Van Halen records. Yeah. It's all a head scratcher because he has his own studio. He has everything set up. He has all the equipment in the world. He always has a guitar in his hand, but we still don't know if he was actually writing or just warming up and noodling. Long story short, um, if we kind of recap here, if you do the where are they now? So we know that Alex is flying. He's not just staying in California and he ran into Josh Freese. But we don't know if he's doing anything in the music business. We know Wolfgang has his touring picked out for, I think, early 2023 with Alter Bridge. And don't mention tribute stuff to him. We know that Sammy writes songs in his dreams he has canned cocktails, and he may or may not talk to me within the next six years. Uh, <laughs> Dave is uh, auctioning off paintings. We still. Don't I hope we see more of that. By the way, for, for a couple more of those, you know. I mean, I think it's for other causes. I'm not saying he's got to turn out a whole bunch and get rid of half his portfolio, but I mean that was just really cool to see that. Totally agree, and we we don't know if. He's ever going to put out another new song again, or we're going to publish this episode and then tomorrow there's a new song. <laughs> well, there's always a chance that could happen. Because that has happened to us before. So that's Dave. We still don't know if there's any gigs. But the insiders I speak to in his camp, they're they're doing other stuff. They're they're not sitting home on retainer. I'll just put it to you that way. Right. The right. nicest way I can put it. Michael... Uh, I mean, he did some summer gigs with Sammy, but it wasn't the whole summer because I just saw Jason Bonham open up for Joe Bonamassa and Kenny Wayne Shepard a couple of weeks ago. So Sammy's not full-timing it right now. Uh, who else does that leave? Uh, oh, yeah, the Eddie's Lowe's book. That's happening. Yep, that looks fantastic. The Van Halen Park in Pasadena, which now we know there's a, a tourism spot to go to besides the high, high walls outside Dave's mansion. <laughs> the, the, did you ever, have you ever been to Pasadena? No, never have. You can arguably do a Van Halen tour where the house that the Van Halens grew up, it's just in the middle of the street. A friend of a friend of mine did that actually. He documented uh, about a year or so ago. Documented on Facebook where there's the house, there's the high school, there's this, and it was yeah, and it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, I, I agree. I did that house. And while I was going to take a photo, there was a pizza delivery guy coming. So like, oh, God, I'm not going to get a good photo of this one. But there's, you know, that kind of stuff. And this will be providing another tourism photo op. But I think that's all I got for Van Halen. We never know if we're going to get a great anecdote tomorrow as well from another person who was asked to join Van Halen in their mind. That, uh, yeah, and 
I don't have much else here either, other than other than our great catchphrase to sum it all up, and that is we might not educate, but we'll always speculate. Oh, I thought you were gonna say nothing but yeah. <laughs> no, that's yours. <laughs> no, nothing but yeah, or what was that? And uh I I think we might have to do an episode in the near future where I check all the trademarks of Dave and see what's active, what's been filed, and what's been abandoned. Because I, I think I looked and what was that? I was excited that what was that was was happening because didn't these new songs get published by what was that on Spotify? Like it says copyright, what was that records? Yeah, yep. Uh, well, the what was that trademark just expired. <laughs> Steve, am I nuts here? Or like, are, aren't you supposed to keep <laughs> trademarks active if you're using them? I'll tell you right now, someone should give Gene Simmons a call because he'll tell you chapter and verse about everything he's tried to trademark and it's been successful at it. So Dave should call Gene. Yeah, I I guess I'll have to do that for one episode. I'll I'll do the paperwork and the trademarks updates and all that. Some of our favorite rockers, you can really find some weird stuff trademarked. Like I believe Gene Simmons' bikini car wash was trademarked. Smart guy. Hey, uh, a while back ago, I used to buy a long time ago. I used to buy up domain names, never sold any, but I had some good ones. Oh, next episode as well. We're going to have to hear that one. If if anybody wants AmericanMommy.com, give me a call. It's, free. <laughs> it's, it's yours for a price. I still have it. Does anyone own VanHalen4.com? Uh, they will now. VanHalen5. You know, I was thinking of buying up Top Gun 3 and it was available. And then I looked a couple of weeks later and it was, someone bought it. So great minds think alike, huh? <laughs> but coming that, next, the, the coming next, the trademark and domain name episode on the DLR cast. Sponsored by the USPTO. Well, there you, there you go. Steve, I think we've covered a lot of damn ground here. Always a pleasure. And hopefully we'll come back with an interview on the next one. I think we will. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Uh, and uh, nothing but yeah. <laughs>